0: Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews With your host, Aaron Martell Hello there, I'm Aaron Martell and welcome to Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews a podcast where I talk about and review a rock album of my choice Today I'm flying solo, no co-pilots But if you're listening and you're interested in coming on the show to review an album with me, I'm always on the lookout for co-pilots to host the podcast with me. There are a few ways to get in touch with me, which I'll go over at the end of the show. So on this week's episode, I'm going to talk about KISS' 1974 sophomore album, Hotter Than Hell. I already talked about how I discovered this band on the very first episode of the R4 podcast, where I reviewed KISS' self-titled debut album. Long story short, when I was a little kid my uncle played me a Kiss record and I became hooked by the band's image and the simplistic hard rock music. They became and probably still are to this day if you force me to admit it, my favorite band. The year I got hooked was 1976, and by 1977 I was obsessed with all things Kiss, and the band provided me with plenty of things to obsess about. I was caught up in acquiring all the Kiss related merchandise I could get my hands on, but the most important items were the actual albums since I genuinely loved the music and wanted to collect them all. I remember going to department stores, heading over to the music section, and picking through the record bins looking for all the Kiss albums. The weird-ass album cover of Hotter Than Hell always drew my attention with its Japanese writing and stylized graphics surrounding the black-and-white photo of the band. The back cover was just as interesting, with a cartoonish face that had elements of each band member's makeup on it, and strange individual color photos of the band, taken by Norman Seif, that occurred at a party with a wide range of colorful characters that, rumor has it, devolved into a wild orgy. Anyway, for my seventh birthday in 77, I got this album as a present, and that's how I came to owning this record. So now I'm going to give you some basic facts about this album, brought to you by Wikipedia! Wikipedia! when you demand rock-solid integrity. Hotter Than Hell is the second studio album by American rock band KISS, released on October 22, 1974 on Casablanca Records. It was produced by Kenny Kerner and Richie Wise, and was recorded in August 1974 at the Village Recorder Studios, Los Angeles, California. It reached number 100 on the U.S. Billboard Pop Albums Chart, and is certified gold by the RIAA. Now here's the band's lineup card. We have Paul Stanley on vocals and rhythm guitar, Gene Simmons on vocals and bass guitar, Ace Fraley on lead guitar and some backing vocals, and Peter Criss on vocals, drums, and percussion. It's time now to go into a track-by-track analysis of the album. We kick things off with Got To Choose, written by Paul Stanley. This is a slow, plodding rocker, with Paul singing lead in which he gives the girl he's seeing an ultimatum to decide between him and his rival. She's gotta choose who her baby is. The chorus has a good woo-woo-woo hook and is sung in falsetto. Peter Chris throws some cowbell in the mix, which is cool, but in general, the drums sound like shit on this album. Ace plays a terrific solo, and I have always dug this track. Just like with Kiss First album, though, I find that songs off this record that are included on Kiss Alive are much better, faster, heavier, and ballsier. Also, this album is famous for its production or lack thereof. It sounds murky and muddy, and at first, listen, you might think to yourself, why the fuck does it sound like this? Still, I feel like this song reveals itself to be a quality track, despite how slow it is, and it's a solid album opener. The next track is Parasite written by Ace Frehley. Ace lays down one of his toughest riffs, and the band charges into this hard-rocking number with Gene on lead vocals, as Ace was too timid to step up to the mic. The verses are shouted out with very little melody, but are still cool as hell, and the lyrics describe a woman who's become too clingy for the narrator to deal with. I dig the chorus, Paris, I laid as it has a dirty, almost angry feel to it. After a second verse and chorus, there's a brief instrumental bridge, and then Ace tears up the solo section as the band seems to be playing with more fire that carries through to the end of the song. This is one of Kiss's heaviest and best early tracks, and I fucking love it. Just like Got to Choose, though, the version of Parasite on Alive is a far superior track and needs to be listened to. Check it out. Moving on now, we get Going Blind, written by Gene Simmons and Steven Coronel. This is a slower-paced, almost ballad-esque tune, with Gene singing lead as an older man who is struggling to end a relationship with a much younger girl. He actually sings the line, I'm 93, you're 16. The song has a haunting vibe and gives the sense that the relationship is doomed even without the words. Ace Frehley delivers a moving guitar solo that sounds like someone weeping, maybe the 16-year-old girl. Gene's vocals become more impassioned in the last verse. It's a great performance, even if the subject matter is creepy as hell. I've always loved this track, and for the most part, I've been able to look past the lyrics and try to empathize with the pain the song portrays. Or maybe it's just plain icky. I don't know. Next up is the title track, Hotter Than Hell, written by Paul Stanley. The main riff is a good one, inspired by the song All Right Now by Free, though this moves at a friggin' snail's pace. Paul sings lead and tells the tale of how he attempts to pick up a woman to take her home and then around the world, but she pulls the rug out from under him by revealing she's married. The chorus is catchy with an interesting bass flourish, although I wish it was played faster, but I got my wish, as this track also appears in much better form on Alive. Also on this track we get more cowbell, Peter, more cowbell! After the third chorus, a cool new riff appears, and Ace solos away as the song fades out. I would put this track on the second tier of well known Kiss songs. It gets the job done well. Continuing on, we have Let Me Go Rock and Roll, written by Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. This one melts Gene's lyrics to Paul's riffs, and Gene sings lead, starting with a rock and roll as the track begins. The tempo is faster, and it sounds like the band's bringing more energy to the proceedings. Ace plays some tasty fills between the verses, and we get more cowbell! Peter, more cowbell! The lyrics are dumb, generic, give me some love and shit, but this is Kiss, so dumb, generic lyrics come with the territory. Ace keeps delivering the goods with the solos, and the track whisks by at 2 minutes 17 seconds. Except live, where in the early days the song closed the set and was stretched out for extended soloing and past the five-minute mark. Honestly, this track has never really been a favorite of mine, sorry, Kiss Army. But I don't despise it and I get why fans really seem to dig it. So let's flip the imaginary record over and drop the imaginary needle on All the Way, written by Gene Simmons. it starts with a simple riff that abruptly stops and more cowbell peter more cowbell it then goes into a mid-tempo thumper with gene singing lyrics that make me chuckle about a girl who won't stop talking and is driving him nuts I find the chorus catchy, if not overly memorable, and I like the turnaround riff that goes back into the verse. Ace is the man of the hour again, as his solo fucking rules, and Gene plays some cool bass slides underneath him. This has never been a live favorite, nor has it appeared on any Kiss compilations. It's a virtually ignored deep cut that I love the unholy frig out of. I can't help myself. Sue me. Now we move on to Watching You, written by Gene Simmons. A mean and dirty guitar riff is joined by the bass and then echoed by the second guitar in each pass, building up power and leading to a stomping mid-tempo rocker. Peter Criss drumming is a highlight of this track, including More Cowbell! Peter, more cowbell! Then we are treated to the lyrical genius of Gene Simmons, who sings, Limping as you do, and I'm watching you, and you don't really know just what to do. Brilliant. Gene sings in his best sleazy demon voice, and he comes across like a deranged stalker, which is basically what this song is about, supposedly inspired by the movie Rear Window. Ace and Peter take over the solo section and make a glorious racket, a sort of controlled chaos. By the end of the song, everybody else here is watching us, and I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I'll give it a pass as the ride to get here with some good hard-rockin' fun. Once again, I have to recommend the Alive version over the studio cut, but I digress. The next track is Main Line, written by Paul Stanley. gives this song to the cat man to sing and peter yelps the lyrics about wanting some lovin he's hot like an oven the song is a straightforward rocker nothing complicated obvious filler material no wonder paul didn't care to sing it that said i've always had a soft spot for this track and i remember seven-year-old aaron in 1977 belting out main baby won't you give it to me one time It's got a decent riff. Ace is still killing it with his solo. And again, more cowbell, Peter, more cowbell. But even though I really like this song, I can acknowledge that this isn't a Kiss classic and was never intended to be. Some of these lesser-known tracks got under my skin a long time ago, and fuck it, I like what I like. Music is subjective. Is there any love for this track out there? Let me know. The penultimate song is Coming Home, written by Paul Stanley and Ace Fraley. Drive me insane But I can't get away Paul sings lead on this travel song, where he misses his girl and is excited to be coming back home to her. Like the song before it, this is a no-frills, meat-and-potatoes, hard-rock tune. I didn't think it was very memorable at first or even 100th listen. It doesn't even have an Ace Solo or Peter Cowbell to save it. In truth, I never thought much of it at all, until I heard it on the Kiss Unplugged album from 1995. With no amplification, the track reveals itself to be a pretty good tune, and they even opened the Unplugged show with it. So it has gained my respect, but here it's too sluggish and muddy for me to be totally on board with it. Coming home is. Aaron's Stinky Stinker! And I don't have anything else to say about it. And that brings us to the final track Strange Ways, written by Ace Fraley. This is a super slow, sludgy, bass-heavy rocker that Peter Chris screams and squawks his way through as the rest of the band plod along with him. The guitar tones are low and sound like they were born in the tar pits, and the production on this track is one of the worst on the record, which is saying something. And that's too bad, because there's a lot to like on this song, too, from Ace's bizarre but amazing guitar solo, one of his very best, in my opinion, to, more cowbell, Peter! I gotta have more cowbell! The clunky lyrics are apparently about a foreign girl Ace had a thing for. But what the fuck? You don't come to a Kiss record looking for lyrical depth. You come to rock out and have a good time. And this song, despite its sonic flaws, delivers on that promise. We close the album on a high note. So that concludes the track by track. And now I'll go into my final thoughts and album rating. For you new listeners, the rating is a 0 to 5 system, with 5 being a favorite album of mine, all the way down to a 0, which is total dog shit. In the early days, KISS recorded and toured at a manic pace. I mean, this second album was released only eight months after the debut record. The band had relocated to Los Angeles from New York City so they could stay with their producers, but that turned out to be a bust, as the band members didn't like LA at the time, and the record ended up sounding like a sloth drowning in quicksand. I didn't really notice the substandard sonics of it at first. What the hell, I was seven years old. And over the ensuing years, I've attached a certain fondness to this album. It's hotter than hell, and this is what it sounds like. It's a little bit of an oddball album in that Paul Stanley's contributions are minimized and there are more Gene Simmons written and sung songs by him. However, it doesn't hurt that the songs overall are well written and really strong, and I dig even the lesser-known tunes on here. It has a darker tone and vibe than the debut, and there are some top-notch guitar solos from Ace that make this, in my opinion, one of the best albums the band ever made. I'm giving Hotter Than Hell a four and a half. I can still put it on and be transported back to a simpler time when this band were larger than life superheroes to me and I was completely enthralled by everything they did. I fucking love this record. Now I'd like to give a shout out to a podcast that I enjoy listening to. It's a long-running show called Podcast Rock City, and it's a podcast entirely devoted to KISS. The hosts are Joe Polo, Jody Havnat, and Sonny Hollywood Poonie, and they talk about everything and anything related to KISS. They have excellent chemistry and come up with creative topics about the band. If you're a KISS fan, you need to check out Podcast Rock City. Dig it. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast at places like iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it. If you take the time to do that, I'll read your review right here on the show. If you'd like to contact me directly, I can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com and also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, which is another place where you can review the show and there's a link to hear each podcast. You want to come on the podcast and talk about an album with me? Shoot me an email. We'll set it up. I'm always looking for co-pilots to host the show with me and I would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. I'd love to hear from you. And lastly, here at R4, we thank you so much for giving this podcast a listen and a massive thank you if you like and support the show. Take care and I'll catch you later. Chris throws some cowbell into the mix and wait a minute, cowbell, I gotta throw in some cowbell, hey, kiss, hey, I'm Aaron Martel, the Aaron Martel. I put my pants on the same as you, one leg at a time, except when I put my pants on, I make gold records, I gotta have more cowbell, I got a fever, and the whoops, (laughs) I got a fever, and the prescription is more cowbell, I'm a cock of the rock baby, I'm a cock of the rock baby, Oh, fuck, yeah, baby. I got the cock of the rock. More cowbell, Peter. I gotta have more cowbell. Oh, I'm gonna ram that shit into the ground in this episode. It's not even gonna be funny. Ha, <laughs> ha.